Welcome back to History List. The Chinese Taoist, Zhuangzi, originated one of philosophy's most elegant ideas around the dawn of the Han Dynasty. Zhuangzi dreamed he was a butterfly. Then he awoke and was Zhuangzi. But he didn't know if he was Zhuangzi who dreamed he was a butterfly or a butterfly now dreaming he was Zhuangzi. Zhou was one of the two main developers of Taoism, the other being Lao Tzu. Lao Tzu is one of the more difficult people on our list to establish, historically. He may be a composite, but if he did live, he probably was alive in the late 500s or 400s BCE. It is worth noting, as we continue our study of Chinese philosophers, like, like Sun Tzu, the Tzu of Lao Tzu is honorific. Lao Tzu's name was Lao Er. He is the elder of the two great Chinese philosophers, and is credited as the author of the Tao Te Ching, the principal text of Taoism. Once again, it's critically important to recall that Chinese languages, such as Mandarin, are notoriously difficult to translate into English, and that this is compounded by Taoism's mystical and philosophical language. Look at three translations side by side, with fairly variant passages and resultant meanings, just to get an idea of these challenges. That said, let's examine the main teachings of Taoism, and the Tao Te Ching in particular. Most simply, people are supposed to live their lives in accordance with Tao. Balance is an essential concept here, as seen in the famous yin-yang symbol associated with Taoism. This is sometimes oversimplified as inactivity or passivity, but that's a bit too far. Tranquility gives a better sense. There are right forms of behavior. In Lao Tzu's very slim volume, only about 40 pages, he gives some advice on this in section 16, translated here by Wing Chi Chan. Attain complete vacuity. Maintain steadfast quietude. All things come into being, and I see thereby their return. All things flourish, but each one returns to its root. This return to its root means tranquility. It is called returning to its destiny. To return to destiny is called the eternal Tao. To know the eternal is called enlightenment. To not know the eternal is to act blindly to result in disaster. He who knows the eternal is all-embracing. Being all-embracing, he is impartial. Being impartial, he is universal. Being universal, he is one with nature. Being one with nature, he is in accord with the Tao. Being in accord with the Tao, he is everlasting and is free from danger throughout his lifetime. Note that when he speaks of nature, that is with a capital N. This passage is fairly succinct version of Taoism. Some of the practical advice he gives later is directed to rulers, who would be Taoists, to avoid war, since famine follows, don't seek to dominate the world, 
avoid pride and boasting. He then discusses why fine weapons are symbols of evil, only to be used as a last resort. As Chan says in his translation, quote, The philosophy of Lao Tzu is not for the hermit, but for the sage ruler, who does not desert the world, but rules it with non-interference. Taoism is therefore not a philosophy of withdrawal. End quote. That is, we are to take actions, just actions, in accordance with capital N, nature. Throughout much of China's history, Taoism serves as a check of sorts on the prevailing ideas of Confucianism. Perhaps most famously, the Yellow Turban Rebellion, which brought about the fall of the Han Dynasty, was a Taoist uprising. After Lao Tzu, Taoism became even more mystical in Zhuangzhu's teachings, so that the yellow turbans met in secret, esoteric Taoist meetings. A breakaway province of Taoists, called the Celestial Masters Movement, had even founded their own state during the Han Dynasty. This movement incorporated a notion of qi into Taoism, a concept which deserves a moment's description. Qi has entered in the Western vocabulary as somewhat mangled New Age form. Qi is the vital force, the energy of the cosmos. It is more in line with Chinese traditional medicine or Western humors. To confuse it with the Tao would be a serious mistake. For the Tao is the way, the origin, and the destiny. Next time on History List, we head to India to examine the life of a prince who conquered death.